Welcome to the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour. Driven by Sanderson Ford. Your weekend wake-up tradition. It's Rosie on the House. And a beautiful Arizona Saturday morning to you. Welcome to Rosie on the House. If you are waking up this month in 1887, you get to see parts of the Catalina Mountains falling off the side as earthquakes shook Tucson, rattling buildings recorded in a diary by George O'Han. Catalina Mountains are the our area of focus for this month in the whole Tucson areas. Our staycation winter is on. Vacation right now at Hacienda the Rosie del Sol. I bet they have a beautiful day today. I mean, I, I wonder back in 18-whatever what the temperature was. I bet it wasn't this beautiful. I bet it wasn't a year that only had 200-degree days, only, uh, what, 28 days away from the summer solstice? I know, right? <laughs> I got up this morning. We get up early on Saturdays, of course, and it was already light. It was quarter to five, and it was light. So, and, But it was still very cool, so it's kind of confusing to my... My How normal. can this be? How it's can a, this be? I'm beautiful. loving it. And in fact, it's so nice that there are no fire restrictions for this Memorial Day weekend. If you're going out traveling, camping, uh, you'll get to enjoy the, the crackle of a real fire. That was something we missed last year. Every summer we go camping to a new area we've never been before in Arizona. And no matter where we went last year, we could not find the entire state was under fire restriction. Here we are a year later. It's Memorial Day weekend and no fire restrictions. And that's not to say don't be careful. They've already shown a couple of brush fires on out, one by out by you last night. And yeah, when I was driving home, I thought, oh, there's a car fire up at 17 in the 303, and I got close. I'm like, no, that's farther west. And I kept driving. Like, it's farther west. I kept driving. I thought, I wonder how close to my house mm. this is. And <laughs> I got a couple great pictures of it. It, it was about uh, seven miles east of me. And by the time I was done with chores, it looked like they had gotten it out. But the Dove Fire charred a thousand acres. So be careful. Just because there's no fire restrictions for camping enjoyment doesn't mean you need to be a bonehead. When we had Jim Cross on here, we, we created a model. He's the fire reporter for the state. Keep Cross on the couch. We don't want him out and about <laughs> reporting. I like it. Keep, keep Cross on the couch. <laughs> He's our Jim Cantori, I guess, of Arizona. <laughs> he needs nothing to do. And uh, if you are heading to the north rim of the Grand Canyon, be prepared. They had a ruptured pipe uh, that happened as a result of a rock slide. So they've got on the only water on site is what's in holding tanks. So you can't uh, restrooms or porta potties. Uh, they encourage you to bring uh, disposable plates and forks and not anything you're going to need to wash. And it's going to take helicopters and uh, repelling equipment to fix this and they're estimating at least 10 days work is supposed to start today but it's going to take them at least 10 days to fix it wow you know this weekend is rosie's traditional hike the canyon weekend and due to the accident last year of course he's not ready but we do have a good update at, in the nine o'clock hour how rosie's doing but uh yeah so there's a bunch of people hiking back and forth this weekend thinking about Rosie. If you're on your way to Tonto Natural Bridge, know the observation deck has been closed. It was deemed unsafe. And we need to get somebody about this because did you look it up? Was Tonto National Bridge a, a national park I did or not. a state park? I I'm took your word it's a state park. It. Oh, no, it's a state it, it, park. It is a state oh, park. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I thought it was a national park. Yeah, I always get that confused too. You okay. Know, natural it, Bridge. 
The Tonto Natural Bridge is a state park. Yeah, because you have Red Rock State Park in Sedona. And then the other park that I really like, too, that's a national park. I believe that's how that works. So, anyway. Well, it won't be reopened till 2020, but the hiking trails are still open. Just be aware that the observation deck, if you've been there before, and you're expecting to be able to get close and see that great, uh, great shot in photography, might not be... Uh, quite what you expected this weekend, but still plenty of places up in the rim country to go and enjoy. Horton's uh, Creek was always one of the, that our Boy Scout troop did oh, annually. Say that. <laughs> and, and the and snowball has their first summer lifts going, and you'll be able to see the snow. Oh, good. <laughs> so they're no you told skiing, me again. Yeah. yeah, but but the and lifts are open. Ski season's over with. It's their summer season, so you can uh, get on the lift, and you'll be going over whatever's left of that base. It's still pretty, well, something like 50 inches of snow. Take a jacket. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Jennifer got this one right yesterday. Let's see if Gary can do it. Okay. The world's shortest Memorial Day parade is held where? The one, it's in Arizona. Well, thanks well, for... Aren't you a hard? Oh, well, I you gave me that much. That's how I got it right. Well, well, that still doesn't give me much of a hint. The short. Come on, Gary. Uh, okay, I'm going to take a wild World. stab because in the back of my mind, I'm thinking Bisbee, Crown King. Ah. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. It's all of about 300 feet at most. <laughs> Can't even get through that's, a whole song. That's going on today at noon. And it ends at the I'm saloon, sorry, right? Sunday, May mm-hmm. 26. It starts at noon tomorrow and is followed by a family caravan at 1210. Oh, neat. So it takes all of 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. But that's going on tomorrow. There's also uh, the Blue Star Museum Initiative. Have you seen this? I looked it up yesterday, and it's pretty cool. And the Herd Museum is taking part of it. Free admission for any active-duty military personnel. You can go to arts.gov and look up museums that participate in this and if you're an active military you can go visit any one of these museums that are involved and have free admission a great program there's also the national cemetery arizona has two there's the prescott national cemetery as long as the national memorial cemetery both having events today and you go to the website and it says each one of these will have their own event going on today reach out to the local cemetery to find out what's going on. And we have a guest here today to talk about the events going on at the National Cemetery along with a project she started 25 years ago. (laughs) We have Miss Barbara Hatch in studio with us, founder of the Veterans Heritage Project. This is kind of our way of celebrating Memorial Day. You know, Romy, in the United States, according to the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, we have 21,681,000 veterans still living in the United States, and we have 500,000 of those are right here in Arizona. Or I'm sorry, is that right? <laughs> and I wrote it wrong, yes, 500,000 in Arizona. So, you know, we just wanted to make sure that everybody gets a chance to remember Memorial Day, so we thought we'd play our part in that and have Barbara on to talk about this awesome project she has going on. Welcome, Barbara. Thank you. So, I think we should just kind of start talking about how this evolved. There's so many veteran projects out there. So I want to make sure that people kind of tag your name, tag your mission and your vision, because we have a little call to action at the end, and we want to get people involved in thinking about this project. It's a wonderful way to honor veterans. So why don't you just tell us a little story how that, that all evolved? 
Well, back in 1998, when Tom Hanks made the movie Saving Private Ryan, and it coincided a little bit with the creation of the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C., students came into my history class and said, how much of that movie is real? So I wrote a letter to the veterans of foreign wars and asked them if there were some D-Day veterans living in the valley, which at the time had two million people. I figured there had to be at least one with, like you said, there were so many veterans living in Arizona. So they posted my letter in their state newsletter, and I started getting calls from World War II, Korea, not so much Vietnam. I'll talk about that later. But And they wanted, they were ready to tell their story. They were in their 70s, and they'd carried it around too much. They'd never told their families. They just didn't talk about it. Enough time had passed. Um, the movie kind of provoked a conversation. So these calls, I asked them to come to my classroom, and they did. And now, These are I, high school kids, right? These are high school kids. And when I saw how engaged they were with these stories, I just had the veterans come back and back and back. And then in 2000, the Veterans History Project was created at the Library of Congress to to save the stories of America's veterans because they realized every veteran that passed away, you've lost a piece of history. You've lost a story. So that was created. And so we we don't work for them, but we work with them because they rely on communities all over America to go out, get the stories, and share them with their collection. So it started there, and then in 2003... Salt River Project was celebrating its centennial and offered small grants for students to document local history. And we did a Christmas pageant project up in Cave Creek, and then the following year, the students said, let's go interview those veterans full out. Because the veterans who had come to the classroom, maybe for World War II, they had about 15 minutes apiece. It was, a, it was an hors d'oeuvre, but it wasn't the full course. So the students said, we want to hear the whole story. So we started, we had to get video cameras and tape that and learn interview skills and what do you do with it afterwards. And the decision was made, we need to publish a book because they need to see their story in print. So from the student point of view, for me, it's not one visit one day in one ear and out the other. If you have to write about it, you have to know it. And so they they had to tell that story in their own words. When we spoke yesterday, you talked about them being accountable for what they heard. I thought that was an excellent way to look at it. Just if this person's going to share this intimate story with you, you're not just going to let it roll off your back and forget about it. You're going to write it down, you're going to record it, and you're going to share it. And you have to go to the veteran and have the veteran read it. So there's that approval, which raises the level. Because Nobody wants, especially military veterans, they know other veterans are going to read it, so they want to be sure that it is accurate. Accurate, we, I always say ACAC, accurate, complete, clear, and well, well proofread. Or, so That's, that. that is just, we have a lot more to tell. We have a break coming up here. I want to bring Barbara back at the next segment. We're going to talk about some of the specific stories, some of the specific students and veterans, and we'll be right back. 
the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. And a fine Memorial Day weekend to you. Earlier this month, we learned that Tucson was derived from an Odom Chukson, meaning base of the Black Hill. But who founded Tucson? You was it me. a Irishman or a Spanish soldier? Text the answer to 411-923, and we'll be sending you uh, two tickets to Arizona State Parks. Good for any of Arizona's 35 state parks, including Granite Mountain Hotshots, that this is the last week of the shuttle service. So if you go up to Yarnell, you can take a shuttle down to it because there's very limited parking. Uh, it's on the side of the hill. They actually had to carve out that area to create the parking, and you start the hike back there from there back to where... Uh, the Hot Shots Memorial is. So this is the last week of shuttle service that's available. You can also download the uh, State Parks app and take it with you and schedule your Arizona staycation. So who founded Tucson? Was it an Irishman or was it a Spanish soldier? Text that answer to 411-923 and we'll pick a random right winner at the end of this programming segment. We're joined in studio by Barbara Hatch and I had some information wrong. The events going on out at the National Cemetery are scheduled for Monday, not today. You want to tell us about that just a little bit, what you've got going on out there? Um, we have a couple students from Veterans Heritage Project who will help lead the pledge. And it's kind of a tradition for us to do that because... Students in the program, Memorial Day is a special day because mm -hmm. we honor veterans. Uh, the rest of the students will be up at the Cave Creek Cemetery on Pima Road, almost to Cave Creek Road where they intersect. That starts at 8 o'clock in the morning, and we'll be up there honoring veterans. You know, it's one of the things that um, is pointed out on the website is that part of Veterans Heritage Project is bridging the gap. You know, 1% of the population is are military most people are disconnected and don't understand. I think it's amazing that there are teenagers out there Memorial Day. This is usually like a swimming day or a barbecue day on Monday, but, but they are th going to be thinking about actual Memorial Day. So, Barbara, let's continue your story. So you've, you've got this idea kind of formulating. It's kind of organically happening. You're inviting veterans in, and then the kids say, let's, let's get the rest of the story because you only have them for 15 minutes in your class, so you want to know what's the rest of the story. So the, the main piece of the program is to interview the veterans. We, d we archive those, send them to the Veterans History Project. The students write the story. And then we make an annual publication called Since You Asked. I have in front of me book one, which was only Cactus Shadows High School. There are about 62 stories in here. And it's probably about uh, an inch thick. And now we are, uh, we just finished volume 15, and I have the Phoenix One edition, one of four editions. And it's much bigger and has about 95 stories in it. So we grew from one school to 30 schools in Arizona because we need more students to document those stories. You can't, we have a very long waiting list of veterans, but you can't get to them if you don't have the, the, the students. So Every year we get applications from schools because the teacher is willing to take that on and to, to sponsor a program in their school. And it gives us access to more veterans. Next year will be a salute to the Vietnam War, uh, the welcome home they didn't get. They are finally ready to talk, and we're very, very excited to, we're going to give them a welcome home that they never saw. 
because we also have a big reception uh, when the book comes out and the veterans sit around the room and they sign books for the community. And they feel like celebrities, which is to me what they are. So those are uh, sort of the pieces of our program. Uh, Our mission is to connect students with veterans and to honor veterans, preserve America's heritage, and develop future leaders. And the kids are the future leaders. They cannot imagine a time when people didn't honor veterans. They were born after 9-11, kids today. So there's a lot of, I mean, their grandparents were in the, in the Vietnam War, which is my generation. So it shows you how much time has passed. But, but they're very, very geared towards that. And you wanted me to share a, a story just to highlight that, or do you want yeah, me let's, to wait? You know, we're, we're getting ready to hit the bottom of the hour here in a minute. Let's, let's just kind of maybe take a minute and talk about what... So you're looking for teachers who would like to participate, because it does take time out of their curriculum or whatever, but it's, it sure puts in a lot of value to these kids. Leadership, writing skills, communication skills, public speaking skills. Technology um, skills, because the students lay out these stories. So all those things come together. To me, it should complement their curriculum, not... It, it's, it's, to me, the best thing I've ever done as an extracurricular, mm-hmm. but we also have teachers that teach a, a class in military history, and so they incorporate it that way. It would be a good fit. Mm-hmm. It would be a good fit, and for, but for most of them, it's, it's an extra. Well, we'll have more with uh, Barbara at the, after the bottom of the hour news. What do you think, Irish or Spanish soldier? I'm going to say Irish. Bar- Irish. Irish. You would be right in either case. <laughs> it was a trick question. So anyone that answered is entered to win. Uh, Hugo O'Connor, known as Red Captain or El Captain Cor- Colorado, for both his hair color and ferocity, 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 ferocity in battle. He was ferocious. Is considered by many to be the old Pueblo's founding father. On August 20, 1775, he penned, I, Hugo O'Connor, knight. Colonel of Infantry in His Majesty's Armies and Commandment, Commanded Inspector of the Frontiers Post of New Spain, certified that I select and marked out a place known as Saint San Augustine del Tucson as the site of the Presidio. It is situated at a distance of 18 leagues from Tubac, fulfills requirements of water, pasture, wood, and effectively closes the Apache frontier. Wow. An Irishman in the Spanish Army. So, <laughs> either way, you're right. We'll pick a random winner here in Texas shortly. The Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. the army song <laughs> and we had a uh, tucson winner if you're the last four digits of your cell phone are nine three two six just email the info email info at rosieonthehouse.com the address you would like the ticket sent to these are physical tickets they're the size of business cards we'll drop them in the mail at the end of the broadcast today they should, they should include- your f- mic's not on sorry they should also include their full name and their phone number. That helps us to connect some dots. That saves us a step. So if you're going to email us, give it, give it to us all. That'd be great. And uh, Tucson, every 
August 20th, they have an annual celebration. Now, it has been canceled here and there for various reasons, but they do have an annual celebration for the birth of Tucson, August 20th, 1775. Just think, <clears throat> you had the Spanish army claiming Arizona and Tucson just a year before the colonials and the and the Declaration of Independence and go to war with the English I always try on to the think, other side of the country. I just always try to picture how vast and empty it would have been coming here as an early settler. You know, like, why are we here? Well, there's a little water here and <laughs> some mountains all around, and where are we? Does Tucson celebrate St. Patrick's Day? If You said an Irishman. Uh-huh. Right? Do, I wonder, do they celebrate St. Patrick's Day if an Irishman founded the town? Always thought about that. <laughs> I think everybody celebrates. Yeah. <laughs> Irish or not, right? If it involves a little drink, <laughs> sure we do. Well, we don't have to worry about wars in our backyard right now. What we have to worry about is which restaurant to go to. It is Restaurant Week in Arizona. And you can go to ArizonaRestaurantWeek.com and pick a variety of restaurants that are participating. And you've got three-course meals for either 33 bucks or 44 bucks. And uh, in Tucson, there's the Firebirds, Firebirds Wood and Fire Grill is participating. It's an American steak and seafood along with El Encanada restaurant that's on Campbell and Skyline. So you got a couple great options for the Tucson area. Well, and if you're going to be going out for a fabulous meal, take a minute to just thank good Lord for this country we have, for the soldiers that have fought for us, for the freedom we have. Um, you know, we, we just, we take so much for granted. We have in studio with this this morning, founder of the Veterans Heritage Project, Miss Barbara Hatch, and she's been kind of telling us the story of how this project got started. And um, Barbara, one of the things you said last, uh, in the last part of your, of our last segment was that kids born since 9-11 uh, have a patriotic sense because those are our heroes. But you and I grew up in an era where our generation that came home from the Vietnam War was not respected. So you really do have an important mission here to, to, and an opportunity to reset that and bring back that thankful spirit for our, for our soldiers. So um, what have you found um, as far as? I found that the veterans coming home today, the first people down there to meet them are the Vietnam War veterans. Wow. It's kind of a, it's a way to mm. get the welcome home in, in another way, I guess. Uh, the Patriot Guard that show up at the National Cemetery for the funerals, you know, it's their way of getting some recognition. But uh, when we first started this program, the Vietnam War veterans sometimes just said, no, I don't want to talk about it. But in the past 15 years, they are reaching the point where they feel safe enough with young people and the public in general to talk about it. So we're going to be there to to listen to those stories. And our speaker on Monday at the Cave Creek Cemetery is a Vietnam War veteran, uh, Frank Lambert. So we're honored to hear his story on Monday. I guess you are. That, that, that's just a great reset for them and a great opportunity for them to find that respect that they never got. Um, so tell us some of the top, you know, some of the most memorable stories that, that have come out of this quest for you. I thought I'd pick two. Um, one was a World War II veteran who served at Tinian and Iwo Jima, Bougainville, all the big Pacific battles. And one of the students in my class had come up to me and said he was going to be absent for a week. Would I give him some homework? And I said, where are you going, Max? And he said, 
well, my brother died in, 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 in the Middle East, and I'm going to uh, Camp Lejeune, where his, his uh, buddies are going to honor him. And I couldn't believe it. And so the, here's this World War II Marine. And he just, when all the rest of the class had left, he took this boy's hands, and he just held them, and he looked at them, and the world could have melted away. And he talked to him about, about his brother. He didn't know his brother, his brother, but there was a connection between them that was absolutely beautiful because he understood. So that was one moment, the connections that are made between students and veterans. Another one was with a Vietnam War veteran who was a dog handler, and he lives out near the Cardinal Stadium. And he's so attached to dogs that every time they lost one of their dogs in Vietnam, it, it, there was a cemetery there for the dogs. And so we did the interview, and it was around Christmas time. We were selling Christmas trees up in Cave Creek, and this boy, this he was a freshman in high school. His mother got sick, went to the hospital, and died. It was so quick. Well, our book went to press in February, and he didn't hadn't written Tom's story. And I said, Ian, I really need you to get this story done. But you know, I you've been through so much. If you want me to write it, and he said, No, it's my story. So I wrote the story. We drove out to Tom's house, and he read it out loud. And to look at the love on Tom's face, knowing this boy had just lost his mother, who was not really very old, uh, was beautiful. He sat and listened to the story, all the painful parts of it. And at the end just said, that was beautiful, man. And I'm here for you no matter what you need. You need anything, just give me a call. And I, and that boy now has graduated from college. So these connections are deep. Uh, by the way, when that Marine was, was dying um, and knew he was dying, one of my students who is now a doctor was at the house and they were visiting and he was very concerned about his pain medication and they're visiting but when I arrived, uh, the daughter of the veteran was reading all the thank you letters the students had sent over the years. And I sat down with Ed, and I'm babbling because I, I know he's passing away, and I'm kind of at a loss for words. And he wasn't speaking anymore, and I looked at him, and I said, well, Ed, you were a Marine. And he hadn't spoken in days, and he looked at me straight in the eye, and he said, Barbara, I am a Marine. I said, yes, sir, and I sat up straight and I saluted. Uh, but these connections that the students made go way beyond this program. And so this, you know, the lessons that they teach them, not just war lessons, but how to live, how to deal with adversity, how to go on with your life, how to give back and serve in any way they can. They're not there saying you need to go in the service. They're there to say you live in a great country. You honor me by by continuing to serve it. So we're very grateful to all those kids who, who, who come away with those life lessons. Do you find that those relationships last past the, the articles written? Some do, some don't. It, it's sort of the nature of the student, the nature of the veteran. But for sure, even if the, the contact doesn't last beyond that, the messages do and the lessons that I've seen these students live over 20 years. Um, you know, every now and then they will drop me a line and say, guess what I did? Mm. One student was sitting, he was driving back to school in Texas, and he was sitting at a rest area, and he noticed a guy in a military hat, and they have, they have radar for that. And he noticed he was struggling, 
And he, he walked right up. Now, what kid does this? Walked right up and said, are you okay? And they sat and talked for like a half an hour. And it wasn't a lifelong connection. It was a moment. But I think both of them went away feeling like something had been achieved to, to, to do a little bit of healing for that veteran, whatever he was going through. You also mentioned to me about a young woman, a young teen girl who um, just wasn't much of a student, but this was something that she was drawn to. So can I also draw kids into yeah, learning I mean, and doing? The students who, who come to do this, there's just something special about them. And this, this sort of carving out a place in high school where you have a, an important job to do, I mean, it creates safe spaces in a high school where there's so many different kinds of kids and they, they all need like uh, a, connection, pro- yeah. a connection in high school that makes them feel feel powerful because it gives them motivation to go on in life and to know I'm, I, I, I can achieve things as well. And I've done this long enough. Some are in the service, some are doctors, they are lawyers, but what they all are to the core is they are good people mm-hmm. who care about others. Well, we, we talked a little bit earlier about needing. You need um, teachers to take on the project. And once you get a teacher, do you find it's difficult to find the students or as soon as you get the teacher, you find the students? It varies. One thing I've learned as having been a teacher myself for 40 years, I recruited them. I'd be like the poster. I need you. If I saw a kid that I saw had the fire in the eye and I was teaching that student, I said, I need you in the program. You've mm. got the right, you've got the skills, you've got the interest, you're a good listener, you're a good writer. And so that that does it. Um, you can't just say, oh, there's a club, come join. Sometimes we'd have a, a veteran stand on, on the club day. Students would wander over who had interest. And so you have different ways to encourage students. Sometimes they just want to be around that teacher because they love that teacher. So we need good teacher advisors. Uh, We need students who are willing to go out and listen and write the stories. Uh, We need volunteers on our board to help us achieve this mission of connecting students with veterans. So being a board member, just being a committee member, we have a lot of veterans who form, we formed an editorial committee so that we can pass the stories past veterans. They may catch aspects that the students don't understand. We uh, finally had our first special event this year to raise money for the program, and we had a Medal of Honor recipient, mm. Sammy Davis, the real Forrest Gump. His uh, his face, uh, Tom Hanks's face was superimposed on Sammy's face when he got the medal from from President Johnson. So we work on these special events. Um, you are a five hundred one c three. We are a five hundred one c three. People can find you at veteransheritage.org, and I'm sure that y'all could. Certainly use donations. It's a big project you have, a big undertaking, big vision, important one. So that would be a good place for people to connect. If you're a teacher, you know, consider being part of the program. If you're a student or you have a, a child or a grandchild you think would be a good fit, this is a good place to connect as well. And I would tell you that uh, the most important uh, interview student does is often with a grandfather mm. or a father who's never told the story to to a family member. And so that is a real connector for families. All righty. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning, Barbara. You are welcome. I I hope that we've piqued some interest and you'll get some feedback from today. Um, I want to keep track of you. This, This is a great story. Thank you.
The Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. Sonoida Creek is the major tributary to the Santa Cruz River. Nearly surrounded by mountains, rolling grassy hills studded with live oak, ash, black walnut, sycamore, and cottonwood. Don't you just love the way Marshall writes? These stunning features led location scouts in the 1950s to choose this region for the filming of Rogers and Hammerstein's Oklahoma. Very good. <laughs> and didn't we just discuss it's at the 60th anniversary of that movie? That's right. Not crazy. So, um, and I got stuck on the trivia about the <laughs> the Irishman. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to next week. We're going down to the Arizona Room at the Barton Bar uh, Library in Phoenix. They've got an Arizona Room designated just for uh, research on Arizona. It's broken down by region, and we'll be doing research for. Lake Havasu, which is next month's uh, staycation destination, Ooh, followed by nice place Payson in July and Cottonwood in August. So we're going to go do the research for the next three months because I get to these stories and sometimes I don't have the time to do the research I want because he pinned uh, the Irishman that founded Tucson, or Hugo O'Connor, uh, that the establishment of Tucson closed the Apache frontier. Well... That was in 1775. Any Anything going off in anyone's mind? 1776. No. No. Geronimo didn't surrender until 111 oh. years later. <laughs> oh, wow. He, he, he had something else to else. say about the closing <laughs> of the frontier of the Apaches. <laughs> okay, is that a company-wide field trip? Do we get to all come? Uh, two o'clock on Tuesday. All right. Well, join us if you want. I'll make a note. We'll leave Gary. To, no, I don't know. I was going to say Gary had to answer the phones. <laughs> There is also a star, uh, astronomy night going on tonight at Desert Botanical Gardens. And then scrolling through the paper this morning, uh, there, there's a whole s- listing here of star parties that are going on. At the state parks, you've got Homolavi State Park, Lyman Lake State Park, Red Rock State Park, Oracle State Park, Lost Dutchman State Park. Astronomy, I love astronomy. The only reason I don't know more about it, I usually can't stay up that late. <laughs> <laughs> So is there something special going on in the sky, or is it just that time of year? Just that time of year. Mm-hmm. You have to have Dr. Sky on to see what's going on this summer. Love it when he comes on and fills us we're, in. We're about due for another Dr. Sky. Uh, another thing Game and Fish is working on today, one, there was a warning that they sent out uh, rabies exposures as temperatures climb. Luckily, we haven't had huge amount of temperature rises, but that is a... Uh, something to be aware of as we're going out and we're traveling. If you're out for Memorial Day weekend camping, spending time with family in the outdoors, just be let wildlife be wildlife. Game and Fish would like to remind you that. Followed by <laughs> uh, almost a contradiction to that, uh, they're encouraging people to come get a desert tortoise. They have a, dozen, a couple dozen, right, available for adoption. They can't return them to the wild. People turn them in. You know, a lot of times people turn them in thinking that they're lost or whatever, but they're not. So best just to leave them, because once they take them, you have to find a human home for them. azgfd.gov slash tortoise, and you can go download your application to get the tortoise. There is no adoption fee, but it is strongly suggested to make a $25 donation. And then you've got to sign that says, I will be responsible for the safety and well-being of desert tortoise, including any necessary veterinary care. How many veterinarians are qualified to assess a desert tortoise, I wonder. I bet you Delaney is your cousin. <laughs> she just became a vet in Texas. Oh, she might yeah. be. 
I'm not paying for her to fly out here and look oh, at my okay. tortoise, though. But it's, it's harder than you think to keep a, de- a tortoise in your yard. So do your research well, if they, you want one of those And they've guys. got this 11-page PDF you can download on how to build a shelter for hmm. your desert tortoise, the requirements, the fencing, uh, just ev- everything that you would need to do to get ready to have your own desert tortoise. I would like to have, you know, one of those big old desert tortoise at the Whitman Plantation, just randomly see roaming around from time <laughs> to time. That that would be fun. You have to work on your fencing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and also, Game and Fish is giving away uh, life vests this weekend. All the lakes are doing a life vest exchange. So if you're interested in that, look that look up um, their website. Azgfd.gov, ArizonaGameandFish.gov. Lance has put together a great resource for the Catalina Foothills for our uh, staycation. staycation winter in May. And you can get that at rosieonthehouse.com slash staycation. There's a lot of things on here we didn't even get to. There's the Arizona Zipline Adventures, offering zipline experience, gold panning, as well as an in-house restaurant called Pepper Sauce. You can, And that's up in Mount Lemmon. It's, it's a drive. It's a mm. destination place. There's the trail... Uh, Dust Town. It opened in 1961. There's also hiking at Tanca Verde Falls, Mint Spring, Seven Falls, and Romero Trail, not named after us. But Dad and I, <laughs> Rose and I, hiked that last year. I have a picture in front of the, <clears throat> the Romero. It's like a little, you know, straight up beautiful pond is what I'm trying to say. And that's what I'm hoping that library at Arizona Room could do. So who was the Romero it was named mm-hmm. after? Can we find that level of information there. So I don't know. We're looking forward to it. You have the Biosphere is there uh, along the Catalinas, more around the north side of the mountain. The Mini Time Machine Museum of Miniatures. Skiing at Mount Lemmon, although that's probably closed for this time of year. Tucson Botanical Gardens. And then there's the Dinner Detective Interactive Murder Mystery Show that they have as well. So you can get that entire resource if you're looking to staycation around the Catalina Mountains. It is one of the prettiest mountain ranges to wake up to in the morning and, and just stare at the Catalinas as the sun comes up and the mountain range comes alive and the day starts. It is a majestic backdrop in Arizona. If you'd like to register to win an Arizona staycation, go to rosieonthehouse.com slash travelaz and you can enter to win. We're taking entries right now for, I believe, I believe we've already drawn for Lake Havasu, which is in June. Yeah, because we're past the 15th. So we're taking entries right now for Payson. That'll be July 19th and 21st. You get a your choice of Rosie on, of a Sanderson Ford demo vehicle for the week. You go to Sanderson Ford, pick up, uh, pick any vehicle off their demo lot, and you've got a $250 gift card along with the Arizona Highways travel bag, and you're off for your Arizona staycation.